0: Rejoice always. That is what St. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always. But given the hard facts of life, such counsel sounds like piety disconnected from reality. And then Paul doubled down. In all circumstances give thanks, for this is the will of God for you, In Christ Jesus. So rejoice always and give thanks in all circumstances. Is he serious? Sometimes our circumstances seem to require sharp questions of the Lord or even complaints rather than joy and thanks. So, what could Paul mean? In chapter 4 of the Gospel according to St. Luke, We read that the Lord Jesus, after his baptism by John in the Jordan, returned to Nazareth. And there, in the synagogue where he grew up, the Son of Mary was handed a scroll to read on the Sabbath. He opened the scroll and read the words of today's first lesson. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and release to prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God. This text of the prophet Isaiah was widely understood by the Jews of that time to mean that the coming Messiah would raise an army and throw off the yoke of Roman rule to restore national political independence to Israel. And so, when Christ read this text in Nazareth and then announced, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, Luke tells us that all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. But then, immediately, something went wrong. The Lord Jesus challenged the people of Nazareth to look beyond their preconceptions, both of him and of the Messiah's mission. And because Jesus challenged the people of his hometown, there was trouble. In fact, only six verses after we read that all spoke well of him, we then read this. All in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and put him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down headlong, So what did Christ say to turn the congregation of his own synagogue from admiration to murderous rage? Well, he told them that pagan Gentiles were often more faithful to God than some Jews. With a clear implication that others would come to the kingdom of God before them. Which meant that the kingdom to come was not what they were expecting as the descendants of Abraham. Abraham. But this was too much for them, not least because they thought that Jesus really was the son, as they supposed, of their neighbor Joseph. So when the words of Jesus pleased the people of Nazareth, they were full of praise for him. But when his words rebuked them, they were full of anger. And how often we are just the same. When things are going well, it is easy for us to praise the Lord and to give thanks. But in times of trouble, we pray for miracles or at least for blessings for ourselves or others. Blessings like the healing of an illness, freedom from addiction or habitual sin, or the finding of a better job or a more satisfying relationship. It is not wrong, of course, to ask for such blessings. But when we make the reception of miracles a condition for continuing to thank God and to rejoice in the greatness of the Lord, then we imitate the people of Nazareth in praising the Lord only so long as he says what we want to hear. But Christ's kingdom is not of this world, and he no more guarantees good health and prosperity for his disciples now that he intended to raise an army and liberate Israel then. His mission is not of that kind. It never was, and it never will be. Instead, Christ came to redeem the human race from sin and death and to give us a share in his divine nature. And he accomplished that mission by the way of the cross in which he insists we must accompany him if we are to share his glory. It is from this perspective that we must understand Mary's great hymn of praise called the Magnificat, a name taken from the first word of that text in Latin. And today we read a portion of the Magnificat in place of the psalm. In this prayer, offered when Gabriel told Mary that she would conceive the Son of God Most High by the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary fulfilled the precept of St. Paul to rejoice always and to give thanks to God in all circumstances. Some people today on the political left, and even in the church, read Mary's hymn of praise as a manifesto for political revolution in the search for social justice. But to read the text in that way is to fall into the same error that turned the uncomprehending citizens of Nazareth against the Lord Jesus. Just as the Messiah was never going to be a conquering general, the gospel of Jesus Christ does not include blueprints for any political or economic system. Yes, revealed truth can help us identify and overturn injustice wherever it exists, but the kingdom of God cannot be found in any earthly kingdom, in any form of government, or in any arrangement of human affairs. No, the good news of salvation in Christ calls us to repentance from our sins and to saving faith in the Lord Jesus, faith in God the Son who became the Son of Mary. And it is in response to that supreme gift of grace that Mary sings her Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. that we must make straight the way of the Lord. And Christ the Lord revealed that his way is always the way of the cross. By our baptism, we have been called by Christ, called by name, called individually and personally, called from within our families into God's family, the church, called to follow Christ in the way of the cross and to live our entire lives in the freedom of the children of God, through continuing conversion from sin and the obedience of faith in his gospel the gospel which is the power of god unto salvation for all who believe that the son of mary is god the son following the messiah and sharing in his cross will always entail hardship and sacrifice and so the absence of worldly blessings should never be taken as a sign that Christ has failed us in any way. Blessings we will have, of course, and burdens as well. And that is why the Apostle Paul teaches us that in all circumstances, the good and the bad alike, we must give thanks. And like the Blessed Virgin Mary, we must always proclaim the greatness of the Lord and rejoice in God our Savior. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.